Thanks for being with us, folks. It's Kelly and Company, Rummy and Luthan, Kelly McDonald, host of the program. We'll get to Rummy in just a moment to bring in our next guest. But I guess to kick the show off, our first guest today, I want to mention to you, hey, give us a call, 1-866-509-4545. If you have some questions, a comment about the show, anything you'd like to share, if that's something you're comfortable to do, you can call us, 1-866-509-4545. Mention it's for Kelly and Company, and if you don't mind, please tell us if it's okay to play your message on the air, and if we can, we shall. Also, feedback at AMI.ca if you just want to email in a question about uh, Accessible Media Inc., AMI-TV, AMI-Tele, or all of us over here at AMI-Audio. Feedback at AMI.ca. And, of course, if you'd like, follow along on Twitter, at AMI-Audio. There you can ask your questions. Somebody will get back to you. You can also see what's coming up segment to segment on our live shows. That's at AMI-Audio on Twitter. As mentioned, that lady over there, Ramya Muthan. I'm Kelly McDonald. And we're getting into more audio entertainment. This is like a streak through our summer. So let's bring on Michael Fair. Hi, I'm Mike Fair. iPhones, iPods, and iPads are everywhere. And they're doing great things for the blind. We explore all that, plus audio entertainment, dramas, podcasts, internet radio, and games. We share it all on Kelly and Company. There are more new dramas scheduled to appear this month, uh, but while we wait, Michael has dipped into his collection to tell us about a series of mysteries called Recall Man, and we're curious about what drew you to start off with, Mike, uh, to this one from BBC Radio. Yeah, well, you know, this is basically small town England, uh, and uh, I usually go for city-based stuff, you know, London, uh, that sort of uh, more generic, more... Uh, sort of common fare, I guess, with mysteries. But this time I just thought, you know what? This looks interesting. It's small town. It's all about memory because the the whole premise is around a psychologist who is an an expert in recovering memories of people that uh, for one reason or another don't want to remember or can't remember certain things of what they experienced. So uh, I thought, yeah, this could be kind of neat. And Mm. uh, it's sort of, it's from the early... 2000s i guess the first one was like 2000 2001 and it, it went ran to uh 2005 i believe the last episode was uh, was aired so it had a, a fair uh, fair long stretch on on bbc yeah uh you said that of course he he is working to help people recover these these memories um you know give us a little more idea of the premise of the show as it unfolds yeah so basically we have joe aston who is uh, a detective. He's, uh, he's a, a forensic psychologist, and he's moved away uh, from his small town, Middlesbrough, uh, in order to uh, sort of you know, expand his horizons and utilize his, his gifts. He's uh, very smart, and he goes to university, gets his degree, becomes a psychologist, and gets into this forensic psychology uh, and uh, is, is kind of working on uh, at, the, at his academics, basically, he's he's going to teach students as well. Uh, but he's uh, moves back home to this small town uh, to work with their police force and uh, basically see if his es- expertise of recovering memories is helpful to the police in the area to solve crimes. So that's the basic premise. He's there for like a six month trial, and he's living. He's batching it. Uh, his wife. We never meet his wife. He is married. Uh, but we never encounter her. So he is on his own in this small town, kind of settling in and uh, dealing with all manner of, uh, that's of course, small town prejudices and, you know, that sort of thing and skepticism about what he does. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Can we t- uh, talk more about these police officers working with Dr. Aston? Yeah, there are, there are a few. Uh, we have the de- de- detective inspector is uh, a higher rank. Uh, and is Karen Dennis. It starts off Karen Dennis and then switches to Reynolds. Uh, I don't know why they did that, but that's what, <laughs> what happened. Um, she is in charge and uh, basically she's under a lot of pressure uh, and uh, tries to do a good job, wants to be supportive, kind of hopes that uh, the, the expertise of this doctor can really help them nail cases that are just baffling them, especially when they don't have a lot of, to go on. And uh, But she's under a lot of pressure, and you can just feel that right throughout. Um, so D.C. Uh, Patton is a friendly – one of the constables, detective constables, uh, which is lower rank than inspector. And uh, he, uh, he basically is, is more friendly uh, towards uh, the doctor and really just – like seems to warm to him and wants to get on on his good side, and, and there's always that you know is is this genuine? Is this uh, you know for business you know business purposes right? Like like kind of you know what, what's his motive in this as well? So you have all that kind of happening, uh, and there are a couple of other the, the constables, the uh, detective constables uh, who are part of the detachment who you see off and on. And they're a little less supportive. They're they're kind yeah. of worried that he'll screw up a case or do something that invalidates all this, the effort they put into gathering the evidence, right? So it's uh, you know it's, he's contending with that as well. Their view of of, of him it sounds like they act like he's some kind of charlatan doing this, or you know how yeah. far he's got pushing this this agenda or what is his uh, agenda. So who does Doctor Aston apply his actual? skills to you know attempting to recover these memories or help recover them yeah th- there's a bunch and uh, there's seven cases in total and uh the, uh the first one is is the scientist who works in a lab which is kept very very clean right so of course denying forensics their usual bag of tricks because there's nothing for them to work with and gather right so they're really desperate in this case and uh, the scientist doesn't remember what's happened, but she's the only person who could sort of – it looks like she is the killer of her boss. And there is kind of enmity there a little bit. There's a bit of a grudge. So it looks like is, but did she actually intend to commit murder? What's happened here, right? And she can't remember, and she's d- kind of doubtful of psychology, right, doubtful that this doctor is going to help her. Uh, she's in pain because uh, of the bruising she uh, during the encounter in this lab. So there's that. Uh, there's a diver uh, in the next one that is, is kind of another really neat one because, of course, diving, you get mental effects over time because of the decompression uh, as you uh, rise to the surface, right. nitrogen bubbles, and that affects memory. And he thought he saw someone pushed over a bridge and didn't report it sort of right away. It's been like a, a number of years, three, four years, and now he's kind of said, you know, open this can of worms. And they're like, okay, well, how much can we trust about what he saw? Can we recover more so he could be more exact? And that was that was a neat one. Uh, a taxi driver uh, who witnessed a gangland murder uh, and uh, basically, of course, is traumatized by that and is repressing the memory. But they need the forensic the cops need that to basically build their case. Right. So. Yeah. They're, and they need, again, his expertise to try and recover this memory. And the last uh, final case was and it kind of stood out, too, because it was 
an old town secret, uh, you know, this robbery that took place 55 years ago. And basically this old man kind of is haunted by this all his life. And he wants to sort of talk about it. And his friend is a little kind of nervous about, you know, opening this can of worms. No one really wants to sort of put in the effort to get into this. But the doctor kind of pushes a bit and it kind of opens this. And you really get that sense of the secrets, the small town feel, the let's not go here kind of vibe. Uh, so well, there must be a lot of that resistance. Is this really a practice? Is this really for real? Not to mention, if it is, how much trouble are you causing and how admissible in court is it? Like, there's so many, di- or what are you oh, going to yeah. do to the person and what else is going to be unlocked? Yep. And then you've got a bunch of trauma that then, how do you help that? Uh, yeah, you've got your evidence, but what, what results, what trouble have you stirred up needlessly kind of thing? And, mm-hmm. and is this, Oh, it's just a trustworthy science, right? There's always that question of, of is this genuine science or is this just, just you know, total bunk, right? I mean, there's mm-hmm. it, it hovers over the whole series. <laughs> Mike, are these cases suitable for younger listeners? I would say they're they're really written for adults, uh, teens. I can see getting things out of them. There is you know limited, uh, you know, cursing that sort of thing. There's not really a any violence uh per se uh you know uh, so i mean it's, it's calm in that sense you have an academics kind of view of these cases right so it's not like you're chasing in the middle of gunfights and chases and such um but it's you know they're the mature subject matter it's i think little kids wouldn't get much out of it but the teens mm-hmm. certainly could follow it so what's the being in the small town bring to the table with this well, you've you've got the the closed-minded suspicion, right? I mean, you've got the whole is is he one of us or not? He's working with the police, so of course that increases the whole how much do we want him around kind of factor, right? As he's trying to move in to the town, there's the Northern English accents, which I um, that caused me some trouble. I had to rewind and and hear things again because uh, I'm not as familiar with those accents. They're a little less common. Uh, in in how in depictions of you know mysteries and things like that, usually get the you know the London the you know the more uh, co- I guess commonly portrayed accents, uh, but th- this is a little little less uh, uh, common. And I I really had to go back and hear bits of dialogue of, sometimes a, a few times before I fully followed what was said in in patches. So there's that. If if you uh, English is a second language. Or anything like that. If you have some trouble with accents, you might want to take that into consideration. Um, and the other thing is just the whole small town atmosphere. Everyone knows everyone else. Uh, there's there's ulterior motives. There's you know, you scratch your back, I'll scratch mine, kind of stuff. And you know, and that goes through all the the, stri- the connections of relationships. So it kind of it's a different feel than the big city cases. Mm-hmm. And that was something you pointed out right at the beginning anyways. Mike, how about the pacing? Did you enjoy the pacing of it? It was, it's a police procedural. So it's, it's not action. It's, it's kind of, things move along. It's, it never drags, uh, but don't expect gunfights and car chases. This is an academic kind of who, how, how does this work? What is, what is the memory? Uh, How can we use this to uh, support the evidence we're gathering kind of thing? Okay. Now about sound uh, and and music, that kind of thing, I'm going to assume not as much because you say that the pace is a bit slower. 
Yeah, there's there's really not a lot of music. There's sound is used to really depict, especially during memories. You kind of get the sense of what people are yes. hearing. So that's I thought that was quite well done. And of course, the environments are are well realized. I thought uh, you know it, it's it's casual TV versus cinematic, right? So you've got that that kind of casual level rather than a, a movie enveloping you, right? So there's there's that kind of thing. Really quickly, Mike. Final thoughts: Was it worth the hearing? Yes, absolutely. Uh, it, you know, it was it was a neat series of cases. I learned a bit about memory. Uh, really good acting in this. You got, uh, of course, as the BBC tends to do, they they pick good actors, and uh, you know, people uh, I think would uh, would quite uh, like it as long as as the accents didn't sort of throw up too much of a roadblock uh, in this case. So just be aware of that. But otherwise, I, I think you're in for a treat. Okay, that sounds awesome. I mean, uh, we know that BBC puts out really great content, like you said, and we have still more audio entertainment coming up through August, yeah? Absolutely, yep. we got some heavy stuff coming soon, I think. Okay, perfect. Well, we're looking forward to it, Mike. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. All righty, we'll catch you then. You can find The Recall Man as well as many other offerings from the BBC on Audible because they've picked up a bunch of it. We're going to take a quick break, folks. And when we return, Fern Lullum highlights the Commonwealth Games highla, excuse me, that were just held, just finished up in Birmingham, UK. So stick around. We'll get into the details and see what she's got for us in just a moment on Kelly and Company. Hey, baby. 